podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. and verse 42 through 47 this morning if you can cast your minds back only a few days to last Sunday we saw that Peter stood up filled with the Holy Spirit addressed the crowd that were from far and wide and empowered as we say by the Holy Spirit he delivered a message that God used to draw many to himself and around 3,000 the word says 3,000 were added to their number that day. They were saved, they were baptised, giving themselves to the Lord and, of course, now as we understand it, his church. And that is our focus this morning, the church. The question is, what does it look like? And could we, or can we, pick it out in a line? Now you'd say to me, Matt, why on earth do we need a lineup? You know, like when you're looking, you know, you've all seen the programmes. None of you have been there, all right? <laughs> but when there's a lineup of, um, in this occasion, ruffians, and those that are not ruffians are stood in a line, and you have to pick out and say it was him or it was her that, that did A, B, or C. Now, if we were to line up these entities, in inverted commas, that say they're the church, would we be able to pick out the church that we see from the Word of God in that lineup? You see where I'm going now, can't you? Now you've all panicked a little bit, like, oh. Could we, or can we, pick the church out? So what we've got to do is go ahead and read Acts chapter 2, verse 42 through 47, because this gives us a clear example of what the church looks like and what, of course, we pray that the Lord would speak to us as we read his word together and we'll pray as soon as I've read. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers, if you're an underliner, underline this, all the believers were together and had everything in common. All the believers, verse 44, were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we look into your word this morning... Father, that we would allow the word to shape us and to mould us. Father, that we would understand what your word is teaching. That, Father, that would be our measuring stick. 
Not, Lord, perhaps what we've seen or understood to be, but exactly what your word says. Father, we don't want to deviate from it as your church. We want to stand on the word of God. We want to be rooted in your word. Father, then we'd be able to be established and, Father, you would help us to grow. And we pray, Lord God, that you would help us to keep in line with what your word tells us this morning. Father, that your Holy Spirit would move. Father, that we'd know and understand that we've met together in the presence of a living God. And Father, that your word has touched hearts. So speak to us now, we pray. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Firstly then, what stands out to me about this early church is that they were devoted to all things church. Now we know, because we've experienced it and we can read it in the word of God, what church looks like. We can see it from the word. And we've experienced it, perhaps, in our own walk with the Lord as we've been to churches. We've experienced what these church things are. And they were devoted, as the word clearly shows to us, devoted to all things church, to the apostles' teaching, to meeting and worshipping together, to praying together, to breaking bread together. They were focused, it's clear to see, they were focused on living for God, learning and growing. At this point then, witnessing all that God was doing through the apostles as well as we see in verse uh, 43. Everyone, it says, was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. As the Holy Spirit moves, enabling the church to grow, there were many signs and wonders that happened so that the church would be able to grow at an exponential rate so that people might come under the sound of the gospel, be moved and quickened by the Holy Spirit, that lives might be changed, and the number was added to daily, the word says, those who were being saved. Amazing things happen as the Holy Spirit works. And as we continue through Acts, if you have some self-study at home or some reading through the book of Acts, you'll see some of those wonders unfold, even just as close as chapter 3. This picture then of the early church gives us a clear view of what the basics, in essence, should look like. It should be a group of people who join together to worship God, remembering what he's done for them, but also celebrating all that they have in their new life in and through the Lord Jesus Christ. They're the very basics of what church should be. But now then, the next credentials that enable us to identify the church, they're on display in the next part of the chapter. Verse 43 through 47. And let me just read those again so we can keep the words in our mind and make sure that we're stood on the word. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number, it says, daily those who were being saved. Now we know that they're meeting together as the church, we've seen that. Yet now it grows to meeting together and the line that it says is that they have everything in common. And I want to ask us this morning, it's a rhetorical question, so 
Have a think about it. How is that possible? They had everything in common. Now, we know, don't we, as we've already seen over the last couple of weeks, that they all spoke different languages. They had different backgrounds then. Different cultures, even. Yet the word's saying here that they had everything in common. Even though they were brought up in different places throughout the area, with different languages, different backgrounds, different ideas of what thing, how things should be done and what should be done. Yet the word says that they have everything in common. You see, what used to separate them, the Holy Spirit has now unified. What used to separate them, the Holy Spirit has now unified. The church, naturally, as we see from the Word of God right here, the church should be multicultural and diverse. It shows clearly that God's salvation, then, is for all who would choose Him. So when it says that they, they had everything in common, this wasn't the basics that we would perhaps understand as what we have in common. You know, that our dads worked in the same factory, that we lived on the same street growing up, that, oh, you went to the same school as I did. You look the same as I do. You speak the same language as I do. We've got these things in common. No, this is far bigger and far further reaching than that. This is the Holy Spirit unifying the church. They have everything in common because the Holy Spirit has made it happen. Unity is gained through the Spirit because we all, don't we church, have God's love in common. We all have the work of the Saviour in common in our lives. And my uh, line, one-liner to this, that's very simple and very basic, but nevertheless it speaks the truth, is that when we have everything in common, my everything is Jesus, and we have him in common. Amen? Our everything is the Lord Jesus Christ. We have him in common. And the Holy Spirit brings unity to the church. And we've said it so many times. On paper, naturally, the church shouldn't work. As you look at the credentials, the backgrounds, the ideas, the cultures. And we go, that can't possibly work. The age range, the diversity within church. It doesn't work. But of course it does. And the church has stood the test of time, Amen. And it will continue to stand the test of time. Why? Because Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. The Holy Spirit is bigger and better than that. God is bigger and better than that. The work of the cross is bigger and better than that. The world will not get in the way of the unity that the church has. Because we stand on what the word of God says. And by God's grace, then, if we're living how he's called us to live, then we are filled with God's love. Amen? That agape love, that far-reaching love, that unconditional love that says we have God in common. That I want to love you. That I want to, even though you might not be very lovable, I might not be very lovable, but by God's power and by God's grace, we're able to share and come together as his church and reach people for Christ. Amen? That is our goal. And these uh, few lines in Acts really show us how to identify the church. 
Now then, as we continue, as we go into to verse 45, it's becoming so much easier to identify the church in this lineup that we've put it in. And it continues, verse 45, it says they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Now we know, because of what the Lord has shared with us, because of his word, that charity is essential in the church. Jesus taught it to help and to give to those in need. The church is to live by that. And the Holy Spirit, in these moments, in this that we read right here, is quickening their hearts in order to sell up possessions. And you think to yourself, well, that seems quite severe. And I don't disagree. Lord, you want me to sell what? Oh, right. The house. <laughs> okay. And it seems like madness when you read it. But of course, God knows the beginning and the end. Do we believe that? God is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. He knows what's to come. Do you know, he knows what tomorrow holds, doesn't he? You know, do we believe that or do we just say it? Do we believe that God knows what tomorrow has in store? Well, of course he does. He's God. And he knew full well that the church here that was congregating in, in and around Judea was about to be dispersed. In a huge way. So what's God doing? Well, through the Holy Spirit, he's enabling this group of people to loosen their grip. He is enabling the early church to loosen their grip. God is in control. We talked about this before. He is able to put in the hand and he's able to take out of the hand. The mistake only comes when we go, thank you, God. That's when the mistake arises. Because it's his. It was always his. It was never ours. And the Holy Spirit is working through this early church to show, charity, to show charity on the degree that sometimes we see completely confusing. But of course, we have to make sure we understand firstly what the word is saying. Making sure that we hold it in context of what he's saying. But also, church, to make sure that we're living according to what it's saying. God, all I have is yours. If you should place it in there, brilliant. Lord, if you should take it away, brilliant. You're in control. Your word has told me that you will never leave me, that you'll never forsake me. Your word has told me that because of the Lord Jesus Christ, one day I will be in glory with you. There is a place for me in heaven. Amen? So I will not hold tightly, Lord. Help me every day. Lord, if it's a minutely lesson, then make sure I, I learn it. Because church is so important for us. Because this is what people see. This is who we are. We show God's love by the way that we act and behave. God, you're in control. Help me to keep a very loose grip, an open hand on all that you have given to me. 
But listen though, as we go through the word in verse 46, we see that they didn't all sell their houses and their property. They didn't all sell it up. That wasn't what the the Holy Spirit was doing in these moments because it says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with sincere hearts. But in all of it, in all of these moments as the church is learning and growing, the heart is charity. The heart is to love and to care, to support anyone who is in need. The emphasis seems to have moved then from a group of people gathering to meet and more of a family that love and support one another. I hope it really sounds familiar. A family that joins and loves and cares for each other, but also a common goal of assisting those that are in need. And then we get this final part of the jigsaw that will fully enable us, God willing, to pick out the church in the lineup. Verse 47. He says that they were praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The gospel church has to be shared. The truth about the Lord Jesus Christ, the truth about what God has done for us, has to be shared. But when we share it, we don't go, right, now I better, we allow God to do what he's doing. We allow God to work. We allow the Holy Spirit to quicken hearts. We allow the Holy Spirit to work in people's lives. What's our job? Not that bit. Our job is to share. Our job is to love people. Our job is to give Our job is to do what the Lord has called us to do. Our job is to share the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. To tell people, to show people by the way that we live. But to help them see that they have a saviour who loves them. They have a saviour who has given his life for them. Who took their place on the cross. But we know, don't we, that the grave could not hold him. And our Saviour is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and me. Don't you find that incredible? That the very Son of God has said, Matt's with me. Isn't that incredible? Lynn, she's with me. Kev, he's with me. Ken, he's with me. When we think about, when we place our name in that, that God the Father and God the Son have spoken our names. That is a joy beyond anything that this world can offer. That is incredible and that is good news. And this is the gospel that people need to hear, that we share that there is a God that loves them. And our job as the church is to tell people about Jesus, all that he's done for us. And church, God will do the rest. Amen? He will do the rest. So, this is the church. The question is for us, out of all of what we've seen this morning, could we pick the church out in alignment? And I say that with with emphasis, because there is a lot of things, a lot of places that call themselves the church. This is not a social group in the sense that we just get together and we're our own little clique and nobody else can come into it. That's not the church. It's not something that doesn't stand on the word of God. That's also not the church. Regardless of what it calls itself, 
The church stands on the word of God. But even when it offends, yes, because that is the word of God. God is not here in that sense. He didn't give us his word to say, oh, we'll change it to suit you. No. He sent the Lord Jesus Christ to take our place on the cross because he knew that if we do it on our own merit, it's not going to happen. It was impossible. So the church is an entity that stands on the word of God. It doesn't move to the left or the right. It lives by what the word says. The church loves The church cares. The church reaches out. The church helps. The church shares the gospel. This is what the church is. This is the church. And church, let's not deviate from it. Because this is who we are. So let's pray that God continues to work through us as we grow as his church. As he adds to the number and as he adds to the growing kingdom. That's our prayer, isn't it? I'm going to pray and then there's going to be a worship up and then Aubrey's going to come and close in prayer for us. Heavenly Father, we again just want to thank you this morning for your word. Father, we thank you for the lessons that we're taught from it. And we pray, Lord God, that we would be a church that stands on your word, that we wouldn't deviate to the left or the right, but Father, that we would know that that is the place to be in line with what scripture says, using scripture as our measuring stick for life. Father, I pray that you would help us to live out our Christianity. That, Father, we would live out this life for you. That we would put you first in all that we do. And, Father, we thank you that as your church, we have you in common. Father, we have the Holy Spirit. And, Father, we're enabled to do what you've called us to do, to reach people for you. Father, in impossible circumstances and situations, you are able to work through people like us. We just have to say, Lord, I'm available. So we ask, Lord God, that you continue to strengthen us and bless us as your church. Be with us, we pray. In Jesus' precious name we ask. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. 